Maui Nui is on a mission to help balance axis deer populations for the good of our environment, communities, and food systems on the island of Maui. They've shared over 126,000 pounds of nutrient-dense protein with the Maui community. Secure your spot now. Become a snack subscriber and join in helping to build more resilient food and ecosystems on Maui. Visit MauiNuiVenison.com. That's M-A-U-I-N-U-I-Venison.com. And use promo code BEAR for 20% off your first order. You know what my favorite text is? A waypoint in the Onyx Hunt app to a goblin turkey. The list on the Onyx Hunt app features for chasing turkeys is long, but knowing exact public and private boundaries and land ownership details will help you find more places to hunt, whether that's on public or private. I'll be toting the Hunt app through the spring woods in a few states this year, and I recommend you do the same if you want more turkeys on your table. Also, Onyx has a special offer for you. Use code BEARGREASE to receive 20% off your membership at onyxmaps.com hunt this spring. Sport Dog is the most recognized brand in the hunting dog training industry. The Sport Dog promise to customers is simple. Gear the way you design it. Every product Sport Dog builds is meticulously designed and rigorously tested in the field, ensuring it withstands the toughest conditions you and your dog may encounter. Using tracking equipment on my squirrel and coon dogs is extremely important to me. Get 20% off your first purchase using the code BEARGREASE. Go to www.sportdog.com slash BEARGREASE to learn more. My name is Clay Newcomb, and this is a production of the Bear Grease podcast called the Bear Grease Render, where we render down, dive deeper, and look behind the scenes of the actual Bear Grease podcast. Presented by FHF Gear, American-made, purpose-built hunting and fishing gear that's designed to be as rugged as the places we explore. Like the South American singer? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's no, how I learned she's Spanish. Not South Bailey America. loves her. Bailey knows all those songs. I'd like to begin my apology by stating Where's she from? <laughs> Mexico. Hey guys, I thought she started. was from. Hey guys. <laughs> welcome to the Bear Grease Render, oh, everyone. That's why we're here. <laughs> yes, welcome. This is the uh, this is the Christmas edition of the Bear can, Grease Render. Can we call this one the Bear Grease Reindeer then? Oh, got it. Play on words there. Yeah, I have. I will. Leave I will to submit Isaac that to play Hayden. On world words. The bear. Gre- well, the bear grease reindeer. If there was a bear grease reindeer, it's deer season. It would be I mounted would up on the wall. <laughs> Man, what a what a group we have today. We have we have uh, the the standard the standard six. I've got Brent Reeves to my left, wearing a fine pair of overalls. Oh, and, uh, I'd say a twenty percent wore down bear grease hat. Uh-huh. Josh Lambridge Spillmaker, wearing a Lambridge. Good. Wearing the Land Bridge mustache himself, Misty Newcomb. Good to be here. To, to your left, to your left, Isaac Neal, assistant to the producer of Bear Grease Podcast. Yep. Just and, happy to be invited. And to your left is the believer himself, Gary Newcomb. Good to see you. Yeah, man. But, but, who you didn't know, who you, who you couldn't have expected who was going to be here. Is the one and only Juju Newcomb, Ooh. my mother. 
And um, well, I'll introduce the second the second person after this. <laughs> you figured that Juju, part out, right? It is so fantastic to have you here. I am really glad to be here. I'm honored to be here I at would, the annual Christmas party of Bear Grease. Why don't you tell us what you've brought for us all? Oh, I brought some Christmas cookies like I did last year. Mm-hmm. And I'm just happy to be here and send Merry Christmas greetings to all your listeners and let them know I do read all of their comments and I get on to Clay Ooh. if yeah. he does something wrong or, do, or, or ignores something. So now, just know have I'm, I ever I'm done helping anything y'all wrong out. in a comment? Oh, no. But sometimes you don't answer them. Mm. <laughs> But so great to have you, Juju. Hope y'all all have Juju a blessed has, Christmas. Juju has brought the Christmas spirit on us today. Yes. Okay, the second guest that we have, very special guest, a first-time guest on the Bear Grease podcast, the one and only Bailey Reeves. <laughs> Clapping for Bailey Reeves. This is Brent Reeves' daughter. That's my baby. Bailey, how are you? Good. What are you doing for Christmas this year? Opening presents. Wow. Nice. Well, uh, why don't you wish everybody a uh, Merry Christmas? Merry Christmas. What would you say if you were giving advice to people that are going to see their grandpas, grandmas, their mom and dads, their cousins, and they're all going to get together? Like, what what do they need to hear from the Reeves family that's going to, like, really set off this Christmas? What would you say, Bailey? Um... Make sure to spend as much time as you can with them because you don't know how much time you have with them. So mm, just make sure deep. that <laughs> make sure that you um, spend as much time with them this Christmas. That's good. Love That's it. very good. <laughs> well, thank you for being here, Miss Bailey. You're and welcome. And Juju. Good job, good guys. Good job, Bailey. Y'all are welcome to stay in here or y'all can y'all can leave. <laughs> We're gonna roll, and Juju tore a muscle getting up out of that chair. <laughs> Let's roll. Uh, good job, boo. Good job, Bailey. Good job, Juju. Except you know, for we would like to discourage all comments um, that are mean towards Clay. Which oh, yeah. the ones that Juju is monitoring. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna put on every Close post I ever make. I'm going to put on every post I ever make an asterisk that says, Juju is watching. Be nice to me. <laughs> Can yeah. we just start a ha- hashtag? I think Juju's, Juju's watching. Juju's watching. I think yeah. you ought to just have her respond to all the comments. Ooh. Yeah. Okay, I've okay. always thought, back in the day when Clay was making uh, videos, bear hunting videos, people would leave the worst comments. Oh, I mean, yeah. the worst, the meanest. Those, those. I guess it's PETA people. I don't know, but they're terrible. And they would say <laughs> things like, your mom should Misty's be... Misty's bringing the hammer. I mean, they would, they would say horrible things about, like violent things that should be done to our kids or to Clay's wow. mom and they would curse her and I thought it would be nice to have Juju read those comments out loud and just oh. have a video of Juju <laughs> yeah, reading wow. these you know With not nice in, in the sense eyes. of like oh this is I, heartwarming but just so that they realize like Juju's a really sweet person and before you say mean things about her and her grandkids you should probably realize who you're talking about I'm fully in on that idea yeah that's great mm. well so uh I tell you something. I've got a few little little things I want to go through on this episode. We're going to talk about this the secret episode, the bonus episode of the what became a four part series on our secret agent man, where we had RT Stewart, undercover wildlife agent, and then the bonus episode when I met I went and met with Claude Maxwell in Ohio, who we this will is, refer to as Target Number Two only. 
which is a which is a, a major deal, a really major deal, yeah. kind of a sensitive deal in a yeah. way too. Yeah. So, but before we get to that, um, lots of bear grease hat sightings in the wild. It's incredible. Yeah, it started off with the guy on the. Uh, on the the Bengals and Kansas City Chiefs yeah. game. Yep. I don't know that it started off that way. I feel like that's more of an apex. Right. It's kind of an apex. Right, right, right. It started out with good, everyday, hardworking Americans buying Bear <laughs> Grease hats and wearing them. That's and right. then one of those good, hardworking, everyday Americans went Going to an to NFL game. game. <laughs> yeah. Got yeah. spotted. Got spotted. And then And then another guy was watching a hockey game. A hockey game. Yes, I saw and that. And there's a bear grease guy just giving them heck. Yep. And uh, and so I put that I put that online too. And then the comments are just full of people saying, "Hey, I saw a guy yeah. with a bear grease hat, and we went and talked." Yep. Yeah. And listen to this. Misty and I went to Cabela's. Yes. Two days ago. Should this, you this say happened. the exact location? Because I was I thought this was a pretty good story too. Oh, but... Well, I hope this person is listening. Okay. Uh, the, we're at Cabela's. Yes. And we're in we're we're in line. Yeah. And a Cabela's worker goes, "I like your hat." And I said, "Thanks." And I kind of thought maybe she, it was a it was a lady. Mm-hmm. I thought she might it was just like the design. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just said, "Hey, thanks." And I just kind of kept walking and she says, "That's one of my favorite podcasts." <laughs> and I just I I just said, "Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah." And we kept walking, and Misty was like, "Don't tell her." <laughs> uh, and then uh, I thought that was pretty cool, and uh, she recognized the hat with the you know the podcast. So and I responded, cool. "Ah, it's mediocre." I mean, yeah. <laughs> man, that is so. Average at there was a lady. on the episodes. Yeah, it's we, got a lot of runway. Hey, who, who was who was telling? Uh, was it was it Juju that just told us a story about someone? Yeah. What did she say? Two people ran into each other that were both wearing them. She, and this story is told this to her. This story was told to her by a person who was with one of the people wearing the hats. Gotcha. He said that two guys, one that he knew and one that he didn't, ran into each other, and they started talking to each other like it was a different language. Yeah. That's and cool. Does he want the hat now? Is he trying to get in on the hat train? Who? The guy who related the story. Why did she get a hat? She was getting a hat for some reason. Oh, it wasn't for that guy. Okay. Somebody got a hat though. I I went on a trip this weekend. Flew down to Texas. Friday morning, five thirty at the airport. There's a guy sitting there with a bear grease hat. Saturday night, Rockport, Texas, eating at a Mexican restaurant. A guy comes in with a bear grease hat. Really? What do you order? <laughs> we left before they ordered. <laughs> Same hat. He was he guy. was very appreciative, very a polite young man. Maybe his name was Trevor. I asked it, and I was like, I'm gonna remember this. And Trevor. then I don't know. Trevor Love from Rockport, it, Texas. How did you approach this guy? Isaac? I said, "Hey, this is weird." That's, <laughs> no, that's, that's how you got to start it's off. It's not though. If a guy yeah. has a bear grease hat on, he wants somebody yeah. to come up and fist bump it and just yeah. throw out. <laughs> yes, just be like, yeah. "Yeah, yeah." He received it. Well, that's great. I love it. I love it. Third thing on the list: the the moose episode on of, was of fantastic. Meteor. Did you enjoy it? Best yeah, it was really it. good. That was one of the better episodes. But I've why ever was seen. it? Why people have said that, I, but like, why? I, it was just because you. Because you can't trust people who know you. You can't. So you can't I, even trust yourself, Josh. You I think certainly it's the can't idea trust of the hunt. Brent Reeves. The idea of the hunt. The fact That's that it's so remote. It's such a such a. It's it's the kind of hunt that not a lot of people will get to do in their lives. And then you go for nine days, 
and you got Jack nothing, and then you get that last minute. I mean, it was like it was like it was set up. You know yeah. what I mean? That uh, even us talking about. Yeah. Like I didn't even remember we had that conversation. Yeah. When I said, "Man, I thought it was your year." Like that. That wasn't as. I mean, none of these scenes were set up scenes. Literally, we were having that conversation, and there were two dudes behind us who we didn't know filming us. But we, we kind of knew them. But <laughs> like strangers. I mean, that, that is <laughs> that is what someone who set up a hunt to succeed would say. Can we trust you? Did you plant the moose there? Oh, <laughs> I think Did you, you may have. Moose I think you in. packed in the moose and you planted it there, Helicoptered just in, in case. Helicopter in a moose. That's all I'm and saying. Dropped him in. And I feel yards like from you. What's this funny? Is, what's funny is that when you start saying stuff like that, yeah. now like people are going to believe it. Yeah, absolutely. We've introduced Take the this sound now. bite. I think they helicoptered. Should, I think you should cut that out. Okay. Well, what's funny is that I actually posted a video on the TikTok of me and Renella in Alaska at the airport and a Chinook helicopter comes in. True story. Chinook helicopter comes in. I video it. I turn the camera to Renella and I say, that's the way we're getting in there, right? And he says, that's the way, which is clearly not true. This is a U.S. military, like, I want to say they said it was a $20 million helicopter. Okay. And so I joke that that's what was taking us in. And he said that's how we helicoptered in the animals. It was a joke. Oh, do people and do people believe it? Well, I don't know. It was on. It's on the talk. I think Mm. it can only be beneficial to have people out there talking about it, spreading rumors. Then people go watch the episode, bumps up numbers. There's no get bad press. So I'm I'm getting to uh, the dollar bill. Dad, did you see the episode yet? Oh yeah. What'd you think? I didn't like it. You didn't. Whoa. No. (laughs) Because I'm sleepy. I want to take a nap. You want to take a nap right now? I'm retired, man. I'm not used to working. He hates everything. No, no, it was it was excellent. It was excellent. Great. Uh, You know, when you told the story, I'm trying to think where I heard the story. You told that y'all were in camp, ready to go, packed up, and Ranella said, "I'm going to the possum trot." Yeah. Deal. Yeah. Um, And they didn't tell that part. Yeah. You know, to me, you know, that that was a highlight. A- actually, it was it was real good without it. Right. But uh, I enjoyed that part because it tells you a lot about Ranella, why he is where he is. Is I mean, you're worn out. You've been there 10 days. This guy's still fired up, wanting to kill something. Yeah. His instincts took him to the exact correct spot. Yep. And then turns it over to you. Yeah. So Yeah. And I thought the same thing, Dad. I really wish they had included that. Because if you remember the story that I told about that moose hunt, mm-hmm. we were all but like packing up to leave. Like we were done. We'd already like shot the ending scene of the video and we're going home after nine days with no moose and like really discouraged. And then just on a whim, we don't even have time to kill a moose because the planes are coming. And Ranella, it wasn't me. I mean, I, I, I was done. Was there some particular reason that he went to that spot? Just, it was, no, well, we hadn't been there point. in a few days. Okay. But it was the, it was the worst spot we had, too. Like, we'd, ne- we'd never seen a bull moose there for some reason. But we just hadn't been there in a couple of days. Sure. And so he was just like, I'm going to walk up to the porcupine. And then I was like, 
Well, how if far? You're gonna go, how far was it? Probably a half mile. So it would have been just as a whole lot easier just to kick back and wait on the airplane to get there. Yeah. And nap. Yeah. Like I thought. Yeah. It was. It. We were done, man. Like yeah. done. And uh, because even earlier that day, the producer had said, "Hey, we really can't kill a moose anymore because." Planes um, are coming. Wait, right. so how did you resolve it then? Man, Rennell is dead serious about hunting. Like, he was yeah. just like, we'll figure it out. Yeah. And I don't think we really planned to kill one. Sure. But, so, like, I mean, because the planes were coming and you shot one, did you just tell the planes oh, not gotcha, to come? gotcha. Well, so the way it worked is the planes were coming in the morning. Okay. Real early. You guys just and it was all late night. in the evening. They yeah. worked real fast and, and everybody was involved. Well, and we were able to bump the plane back, which okay. we didn't think we could do because the moose season ended, so all the hunters they had out were all trying to get home. Mm. And so it was real it was like, Well, they may not be able to get you out. Uh if you if you lose your spot, it may be two days before they can come get you. Mm. So that's what they were worried about. But it just the way it worked out, we were able to say, Hey, come it come later in the day and they were like that's no problem so oh, it, it ended yeah. up working out but it was it was pretty incredible well but, the antlers look awesome up on the wall in there yeah, yeah they, they do. do they do so this is what i wanted to talk about though in a picture that's on the fhf gear instagram page there's a picture of me glassing in alaska and i've got i've got my big puffy jacket on and i've got their new bino harness which they've got a new bino harness they're coming out with and at the top of that bino harness you'll see a dollar bill an American dollar bill. And somebody zoomed in and spotted that American dollar bill. And I I wanted to explain why that was there. It was the, just randomly, I found it in my pocket while I was hunting. We're in the backcountry for nine days with like six people. And I had the thought that if things go to pot and <laughs> they don't come to get us... <laughs> That this dollar bill, it, it would be the start of a great novel. Are you with me? <laughs> no. Six people in the wilderness. Okay. That they would find on your There's cell phone? There's one thing that represents the, the lost civilization that has now been destroyed. Let's say, oh, let's oh, say, oh, let's oh. say we're out in the wilderness. Yep. The apocalypse happens. And the earth is destroyed. Yep. Go on. Everybody's dead. Yeah. Except for us because we're way in the backcountry, and whatever got us didn't think about us in the backcountry. Yes. This American dollar bill, this is, a, this is the start of a novel, and it's called The American Dollar Bill. Okay. And, and this is what happens when you're in the backcountry too long. For nine yeah. days. <laughs> and so this dollar bill, then beca- we have to build a whole new like, like human order amongst like the six of us, you know. Yeah. And whoever has the dollar bill, has the power king of the castle yeah and so it the the novel is about wasn't the treachery. something like that in lord of the flies, lord of the flies. The yeah. tr- the hey gary yeah, the- that nap sounded a whole lot better <laughs> at any point is this a sequel to american buffalo <laughs> american dollar ways, bill in some ways okay well, we we talked about this nonstop my novel about the treachery backstabbing <laughs> okay the, the, and, and every character would reveal a part of human nature that is innate in people. But at the end, there would be like some massive redemption because it's Bear Grease. Okay. You with me? Because you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm all well, in. And, and the, then, good guys, and the good guys win was, in the end. On that was Bear the Grease. main reason I kept the dollar bill close. But the, the second 
a little more functional reason was I said I would give that dollar to anybody that could find me a black bear that I could shoot. Could you have shot a black bear? Yeah, I had a black bear tag. Did you keep the dollar? Nobody found me a black bear that I could shoot. We saw a black bear, but it was too far, so it didn't qualify. I was like, I got to have a black bear that's like in range, you know, that I could actually take. And if you find me that bear, this dollar bill is yours. Where's the dollar bill now? Do you still have it? I think I spit it. (laughs) (laughs) On an ice cold Coke. (laughs) It had more value up there in Alaska. Yeah. Whitetail Institute launched the food plot revolution in 1988 with a concentration on research and real-world testing of forage products specifically for whitetail deer. Whitetail Institute's research and development team of agronomy experts provide effective, personalized service. I've been using Imperial Whitetail Clover for a long time in a food plot back behind my house. In 2007, I killed the biggest buck of my life over an Imperial Whitetail Clover small quarter-acre food plot. Imperial Whitetail Clover is the only clover scientifically developed through years of selective breeding. Clover Extreme Genetic Stability provides extreme cold tolerance, disease, and drought tolerance. It really does. Clover is coated with Whitetail Institute's Rain Bond, a polymer coating added for enhanced seedling survivability. They have an exclusive offer for Bear Grease listeners, 15% off Imperial Clover when you use the code BEAR at whitetailinstitute.com. That's whitetailinstitute.com and use code BEAR for 15% off. Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? Give the moms in your life an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. She'll love looking back on these memories and seeing what you're up to today. Even better, with unlimited storage and an easy-to-use app, you can keep updating mom's frame with new photos, so it's the gift that keeps on giving. And this is not a joke. Juju Nukem has an Aura frame, and we share photos, and they're incredible. Also, my mother-in-law has one. We have them. They truly are really good, really high quality. The Aura frame is easy to set up. It takes just two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. It also adjusts the display depending on light levels in the room to maintain the true color of your photos. For real, the digital screen is amazing. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame when you use code BEAR, B-E-A-R, BEAR. That's AuraFrames.com. Use code BEAR at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. The old-timers say that the turkeys start gobbling when the leaves are as big as squirrel's ears and the red buds start popping. And we're about there. And we are there in the south. The Onyx Hunt app is one of my most valuable tools in the spring woods. With tools like coniferous versus deciduous tree distribution layer, you can save time by locating edges or transition areas of mixing habitats from home. Find an area like this with water in close proximity, and more than likely, there will be a goblin turkey nearby. Knowing the exact boundaries of private ground ensures I stay on the right side of the fence, but can easily find public ground to go see if I can't strike a gobbler. If you do get one to sound off, using compass mode and waypoints will help you pinpoint his exact location, allowing you to move in and make the perfect setup to bring him right into your lap. Download the Onyx Hunt app today. You'll be glad you did. 
Onyx has a special offer for you. Use code BEARGREASE to receive 20% off your membership at onyxmaps.com slash hunt this spring. Josh, tell us about your recent uh, I believe that I have, I have reached uh, micro-celebrity stardom. <laughs> yes. I was mm. down, at the, down at the river the other day on last weekend fly fishing. And uh, the fish were biting good, man. Okay. We were just pulling them out left rain. and right. Yep. But I, I moved down to a new section. It had dried up a little bit where I was at, and I moved down to a new section. Can you drop me a pen? No. <laughs> I'll, I'll put it on my Instagram page. Uh, I, I, I moved down to a little section. There was a guy fishing on the other side of the river, and I you know I gave him a few yards to, so he could catch some fish there. But I noticed as I was walking down, he wasn't catching any fish. And I just I walked into the water and just went bam, 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 caught three fish right back to back. And he goes, man, you're on fire. And I said, I said, well, I, you know, I told him what I was fishing with. I said, try this. I said, they're biting these really good. So, so tie one of those on if you got one. And uh, he he fishes. And he didn't, I I pulled another one out, and he goes, he goes, is your name Josh? I was like, uh, yeah. And he goes, he goes like, as in the land bridge, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. I was like, yeah. He goes, I thought I recognized your voice. Yeah. <laughs> he Bear recognized Grease? your yeah. voice. He recognized my voice. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, he goes, he goes, Bear Grease, my favorite podcast, man. Excellent. Yeah. Well, so I know Stokes, wearing a hat? his name was Stokes. He was Stokes. wearing a hat, but not a Bear Grease hat. Uh, mm. You hate to see it. Oh, that's good to hear. That's great to hear. Yep. So um, I'm living large. In any living language. large. Living large. Next thing on the list, Brent Reeves is hunting my dog. Hoot. Hoot. Okay. So Brent, doing? so I we live in the in the Ozarks, in the mountains, and if you were if if you were explaining this to a kid, and you were talking about the 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 bio, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the bio productivity of a region. Okay, you would you would essentially be talking about at a real foundational level the richness of the soil mm-hmm. literally translates into the how much how many animals and the carrying capacity of the land for all kind of stuff. Yep. Like the the size of trees, the amount of raccoons, the amount of deer, the amount of waterfowl, how big deer antlers are. It all goes back to the soil. Well, in the Ozarks, the Ozarks, my friends, are is is an eroded plateau, an Weak. uplifted plateau that was was bumped when the South American continent bumped into the North American continent. Have you ever heard this, Misty? This is. I'm going to start a new podcast called Orogeny. Uh, oh, maybe not. That's no, thank you. Mountain forming process. I feel uncomfortable. No. <laughs> okay. So the 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 Springfield. It's called the Springfield Plateau, which oh, was a bulged a bulged section of land that eroded. So. The Ozarks were formed by erosion, which means all the good stuff left. No one where'd is having go? fun right now. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm fully in. <laughs> but where'd it go? How many times has he heard this story? I'll tell Delta. you exactly where it went. Thank you, it Josh. It went into the, to the, to the Gulf Coastal region, the, 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 uh, basically the Mississippi River Delta. Okay. It literally formed the dirt of Louisiana. Okay. Come on. And so the raccoon hunting is better down there. That's what, exactly what, right. All going. the soils down there. So I, wish you, were, I wish you were down there hunting because I've had to, I had to 
cull through the hides that were left, and I only got enough for four more hats. Oh, wow. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. So Brent lives in the, 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 the Delta region of Arkansas. So Arkansas would be split into like the mountainous regions and the, the Delta region, which would be influenced by the great rivers of the heartland of America. Huh. The primary river being the Mississippi River, but also the White River, um, Arkansas, Black River, Arkansas River, Cash River, Cash River, Cash Money River. <clears throat> and so Brent hunts in the flat country where there's a ton of coons. So he took my dog. I said all that to say, you know, life's connected, Josh. It's connected. Erogeny is why he has your dog. That's a terrible that exactly. word around. It's a terrible word. Yeah. Mountain. Look at this. Look, hold on. I've got a book here. That it would explain it all. You got more than one. The Appalachian Washita Orogen in the United States. See that textbook right there? That's as thick yes. as your thigh. Yep. I've never read it, but it's uh, <laughs> it has that word in it. Yeah. Mountain good. forming processes. Brent. Yep. You're hunting hoot. How's she doing? She did good. Night before last, I went over to the farm. We cut her loose, or I cut her loose. Man, she hunted good. She hunted out. 300, 350 yards, made a big loop. Kind of bumped something a little bit. May have been a deer, may have been a rabbit. I don't know what it was. Which she barked a little. She barked a little bit, but it's good. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't really matter. She's got all the tools. If a dog's got all the tools, the only other thing that, that you need is the desire for it to go. And she has that desire to go. So even if she's chasing off game, I, can, fi- I can fix it. Yeah. Because yeah. if she's got the hunt, you're halfway there. Yeah. So we go out and, and I, she comes back and move over to a different spot and turn loose. And it's cold, man. I know a lot of folks up north hunt when it's below freezing and stuff and they're tree and coons on the outside of trees. But the, down here, if it gets below 32, coons get scarce on the outside. Yeah. In the delta. In the delta. Up here, it's a little different. It, in the delta is all I'm speaking about right yeah. now. So, and if it gets 28, if it's 28 and below, if you catch a coon on the outside, he's probably laying dead on the highway. I mean, because it's, you just don't <laughs> see them out there. They're, mm. they're in the den to stay warm. So it's, man, it's hovering. It's like 34 degrees and she's, she's circling and barking and she's real excited. I know she's smelling a coon because I'm watching her. I watched her on the Garmin way, the way she fed that, or struck that track and you can tell the way she's just moving just in little intricate left and right and zigzags and she's moving real slow so you know she's not chasing something that she's seeing she's on an actual track she's smelling the coon she gets to one spot man and she she doesn't locate she doesn't do the long ball locate she just starts barking and then she stops so i slipped in i snuck in there with my red light on she ain't paying any attention to me and i got within about 40 yards of where she's at and I look up in the tree, and I find the coon. Coon's looking right at me, and she is right beneath it. But it's a leaning tree. so And the coon is like from the trunk of the tree is out probably 20 feet. Mm. And twenty and probably 20 feet off the ground. So she is, the, tra- the coon's been there a long time, you can tell. He's in a big, comfortable place where coons would lay up when it's cold like that. So the she just couldn't locate where it was at. She could smell the scent in the right. air, but she couldn't smell where the coon went up the tree. So, which was really a feat in itself because the track was so old. Mm. But she did really good. So, but I didn't knock the coon out to her. Yeah. And she eventually quit it, and we went on. We went on home. All positive. She did good. 
Last night we went, I turned her loose, and she absolutely scalded the hair off of two deer. <laughs> That's my <laughs> She put them down the road. Really? Oh, yeah. And I know 100% it was a deer because I, I, she took off, struck, and she started making a loop. She started coming back to me, and I stepped out in this old woods road, turned my red light on, and a big old doe deer come smoking across, <laughs> and who was right behind her. I'll be done. So, which is fine. She didn't run it that far. Yeah. She stopped. She I'd come love on to see her tree of deer. She yeah, she come <laughs> on she come on back to me. I moved down and she she did another one. And that time I give her a little correction on the collar to stop. And mm-hmm. she stopped and she come back to me and we went How'd on. How'd she hunt after that? Fine. Did she keep hunting? Oh yeah. Yeah. Man, I remember yeah, one time some when I was hunting when I was hunting fern. R. I. P. Fern. I, it was one of the first times I went with another good coon hunter that had a good dog. Mm-hmm. And Fern was probably 11, 12 months old and turned her loose. And it was full moon night. And she just scalded, as Brent said, mm-hmm. something that was not a coon. Because they just took it out across. She, by herself, just took it out across a wide open field, just barking every breath. I mean, it just sounded like she's about to catch this thing. I mean, ran it out of hearing, you know. Yeah. And I mean, it was like no, no, no doubt it was trash game. Right. And uh, I was kind of upset about it, you know, just kind of like, doggone it, why'd she do that? And my buddy said, my buddy was like, Clay, that's good. Mm-hmm. I mean, she she about she wore that thing out, so she had the desire, she had the want, right? She had the go, and because uh, like Brent said, you can break them off off game, but you can't put that fire in them right yeah. and so eventually broke her off deer but even as good as fern was at tree and coons she would run i, I never really could figure it out if it was deer or coyotes but till she was about five years old about once or twice a winter she'd just smoke something that wasn't a coon oh yeah but yeah and you know it wasn't i didn't never said that while she was alive the stimulation admitted it <laughs> <laughs> the stimulation that center on that collar it was not pain compliance all that does is enough to break your concentration yeah. so it wasn't nothing that, that would even misty has one of those for me <laughs> well you need to turn that one up yeah because he tells that story about the wash all the time mountains I, i'm talking to her and it's like i just like i just kind of like wince <laughs> i don't really feel pain but i just feel like restarted and then she asked yeah. me to do something to break and i it. just do it <laughs> yeah. She breaks your concentration. That's all. That's all. But so she Brent's hunting hoot. Yeah. And hey, you you've been you've been coon hunting quite a bit though. Oh yeah, yeah. We had some folks come down, some folks that participated in a, a contest we had with the Bear Hunting Magazine and Blood Origins, mm-hmm. and some folks came down from they live up here in Northwest Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Ryan and Heather Harris came down, and we hunted with Michael with Sunspot Lights. We hunted over there. We're where we hunted, uh, and uh, let's see, uh, Josh, Isaac, you guys were they all there. They just put a coon hunting video up yeah. that we filmed last year. Yeah, we were I we were there. Oh, really? We were there at that place, and um, and tree. I think we hunted two nights. It was cold and rainy, and we treed. I think eleven or twelve coons both nights. I mean, wow. total, you know. Wow. So it was. Uh, we hunt a lot though. That's good. That's good, good. stuff. Talk to me about the uh, coon skins. Well, we I've got six hats made, and I went to go start what I thought was going to be six more, but uh, we're kind of digging into the bottom of the barrel of the coon okay. hides. They're, they're getting a little small and scraggly down uh-huh. there. 
they 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 you know they send those they send those hides back all strung together and it's like i didn't i wasn't real strategic about the first ones i was grabbing mm, out yep but somehow they got all the bad ones in the middle <laughs> all the nice ones on the outside because I, I started grabbing them like yeah. wait a minute oh, i Hold can't up. get it. so it it uh i mean i've got take? enough i cut enough pieces that i got four more covers. what from half so how many hats do we have that'll be 10 10 uh-huh 10 hats. yeah not counting the one i no, have including that one including and that i've one. got i've got that uh, my first prototype i can probably turn into a useful one too okay what about yeah. if i got you a couple of possum skins could you make a hat with that with the Why naked tail could or would it's a great question <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's a I'll difference between on the ability on the and <laughs> low on the wood i look forward to seeing those let's talk about the 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 topic at hand this fourth episode that uh, didn't see that one coming. Yeah, what? How do you think? It, it's it's hard to gauge what people would would think about it. I mean, I got a lot. I got a lot of feedback on it, but just uh, you know, you, you would have had to have listened to all the episodes mm-hmm. to kind of get why this was significant. Yep, and it, it was significant for me to go and meet with Claude. Who who I'll just start off at the very beginning and just say I had a ton of respect for him for meeting with me, and I did my best to to really show the character that this guy has. And I, I mean the mm-hmm. whole point of meeting with him and and showing who he was today is to show that you hear about somebody that's a poacher, bad poacher, you would think a certain way about who that person would be. I mean, especially in a day with internet and internet forums and just we label people so quickly yeah. of who this this person is. And then when you see somebody that the, the, the result or 30 years later, they're not who you thought they would be. I think that's real healthy for us to not be so quick to really bring judgment on somebody, you know. And... Um, and so it was real interesting going to meet with Claude, who I really do have a lot of respect for. What do you guys think? I listened to it twice, and I I felt like, you know, such an incredible story from both sides, but I really felt like Claude was kind of the hero of the story. I mean, not because, not just because he got his story out, you know, you know we can look at it and say, well, he really wasn't that bad of a guy. He had 74 game violations, but he really wasn't that bad of a guy. But he, he I, I appreciated so much how transparent he was about everything and how he didn't let that thing define him. Right. You know, and he didn't carry resentment. But instead, he literally made an overnight change of who he was and how he was going to live the rest of his life. And man, that that thing opens up doors. I feel like the decisions that he made opened up doors for success in business, success with his family. Who knows what it could have done to his marriage, you know? But now you look at him now and you think that's not something that just happened, but really that his life was the product of those decisions thirty mm-hmm. years ago. Yeah. And that makes that guy a hero. Yeah. You know? Yeah, he didn't. The system didn't reform him. His choices reformed yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
if we were all known, if our biography or if our label was all from the worst day that we ever had, you know, how many everybody you see would be bad. That guy did something, and he learned his lesson, and then he became obviously a very important part of that community, which puts him in my community and yours. If we're hunters, he, we're all in that community. He did. He he proved that what what was set out to do worked, and that I would I would that guy's welcome to go hunt with me anytime. You know, I read a book uh, about. Neil Armstrong, for years, he wouldn't do any kind of interviews, wouldn't do anything, wouldn't talk about anything as far as him going, you know, being the first guy on the moon. And he was up in his 70s, uh, early 70s, when they wrote this book, when he authorized this book to be. And a guy was interviewing him and asked him why he didn't cash in on being the first guy to step on the moon. Because once it once he came back, he got out of the space program. And he went and taught at a college in Ohio, hmm. taught engineering. He didn't do book tours. He didn't do speaking engagements. He didn't do anything about it. And the guy told me, he said, well, he didn't think it was right for him to receive all the accolades when it was nearly took nearly four hundred thousand people working together to get him to the moon. Hmm. And he said there there was nobody in that system that was any or that he wasn't as important as anybody else mm. or more important than anybody else in it. And he did not want to be known for one singular accomplishment when he had lived his whole life. That was something he did one day. Mm. And you, you can look at this the same way. Yeah. So that's like the, the positive, Absolutely. positive side of it, Just, but also you can apply it to the negative. Yeah. And I wouldn't, I mean, I have, I don't have any sympathy. I have empathy for him because it affected his whole family. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't want to be known for just one singular thing. If, it was, if I was going to be known for one singular thing, it wouldn't have anything to do with my work. It would have something to do with my what, relationship. What did you do that was so bad? I can't. I don't literally discuss that yet. <laughs> I, Are we under subpoena? <laughs> I, under. I, think, I, I think it was good. It's a great lesson. And I'm I'm really pleased and proud that the guy did what he yeah. did. That's yeah. pretty good. Took I, some guts. I think there's an interesting conversation to be had about the nature of the justice system mm -hmm. and how it often functions versus how we say it is to function, right? We aspire to have a restorative justice system where you have transgressed, you go through this, and you don't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what the system is supposed to be set up. Oftentimes, we don't approach it in that way, and I think that's a rabbit hole that we could go down, and there's no point in doing it because it'll take forever and probably not produce much fruit. But this is a perfect example of restorative justice. Like, mm -hmm. he's guilty. He said it so on the podcast. But then that, to me, and I think probably to you, which is why you did this episode, is less interesting than how he reacted once that happened. And we can see that throughout the fruit of his life. You talked about it with his kids, how he has good relationships with his kids who are productive members of society. I think the bowling alley is an incredible example. Not to say that it's altruism or whatever. Like I'm gonna, it's, it's a business, right? But the idea that he invested in this thing, in this small community, and it's like, 
it's going to provide an outlet for kids and people to mm-hmm. have a le- like these are all examples of like the fruit of changing and going in a different direction and saying i'm going to be a productive member of society i'm going to give back to society yeah i felt like you made a very compelling case in the podcast about this so much so that when we got to the point where it was like andy lost his hunting license forever i was like dang Mm. That like, I mean, it hit me. Like, I was like, that sucks. Like, he seems like such a great dude. I, it sucks that he can't hunt anymore. And then like, obviously we resolved that in the nature of the story. And, and it, I just felt like it showed the powerful impact of hoping for redemption in a story. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and also a, a side thing, this may be speaking out of term, but, uh, I just, uh, speaking to the listening audience, like Claude didn't ask for any of this to happen to him, the podcast. Right. And I feel like you had mentioned that it was turning a lot of attention on him. And so I just would, I think, I think it'd be cool to appeal to the audience to say, if you are in a position to go there or interact with him, like be cool. Yeah. Uh, and even if you're, uh, uh, even if it's a positive thing, if you want to support him, just remember that he didn't ask for any of this attention. Yeah. This happened years ago. Like the old guy outside of the sporting goods store said, like, you, you're talking about it like it happened yesterday. This happened years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So. Man, I, you know, I really did apologize to Claude. And, I, and, and when you record an apology and listen to it, you sometimes wish you'd have done it different. Uh, but I. So you're going to do it again. Well, no. I, it, it, for me, it was interesting. I actually talked to uh, Steve Rinella about it. Yeah. About, I said, uh, I was getting his advice on kind of how to handle this thing. And and I told him, I said, man, it never even occurred to me that these guys would still be here. I mean, I, I don't know why I thought like all poach, all poachers are like old and not here anymore. Sure, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean. And yeah, and like all these guys are still here. Well, and there was some like modicum of respect for that because we removed names that's from. Right. That's right. But it, it just feels so removed. Like, why would they hear about it or what? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, it, it kind of even goes into the idea of what you, how you handle a criminal, quote unquote, like someone who's been. It's just like they they. They, you know, they're not as imp- an important yeah, they part are a of pariah. This. They are to be cast well, out of society. Well, in terms of like far, but just no. I mean, like in terms of the social graces that we afford them. Right. Yeah. And like, so I never. So I told Renella. I said. Uh, I said it never even occurred to me that these guys were still around. And he laughed and he said, "Clay, as a writer, you always have to assume that they're very much alive." And he laughed, and I was like, "Noted." Uh, and not that I would have done anything different. I mean, like, I, I would just wouldn't have not, like, the story was interesting to me, and we had access. So much of these stories we tell are, have a lot to do with access to people. And that's something that people probably wouldn't understand from the outside, because I, I get stuff almost every day with people saying, hey, you should do a podcast on this or this, or they see we're interested in something like this, and they say, oh, then you'd be interested in this. So much of it has to do with just access that you almost can't script. And we're up there with Chip Gross, our good buddy Chip Gross. And he goes, hey, I wrote a book. I had Yeah, access. we were up there for Lou Wetzel, yeah, the yeah. Deathwind. Lewis Wetzel, yeah. Yep. And he, he goes, brother. you know, I, I have access to R.T. Stewart. If I talk to R.T., he'd talk to you. And and so we, we go and do it, and it's a fascinating story. And uh, and 
and I loved it. And we went out of our way to hide the identities of these people, which in the book it didn't. Mm. And so I felt so like it says his name in the oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah and I I, I felt I like we were that. going kind of above and beyond oh, well on it, the way down here I was talking to my buddy Nathaniel who got us that Turkey Call article from right. 1996 right and he said he was going through the article the Turkey Call NWTF's publication it published their names yeah it's still out there you know yeah yeah so it's not like we uncovered something that that wasn't known but I'm going back to my apology to Claude. Mm-hmm. I, I really did. I said, I, I'm, you know, I'm sorry for what this might, this, the attention this might have brought to you, you know. But I, I really feel like how he handled himself on the podcast was was noble. Honorable. I, re- I, I, I really do, and I, and I hope that it brings. Uh, you know, we talked about his businesses and stuff, and yeah. I mean, you know, if you want to support them, go buy a. Go bowling. Go bowling. Go buy dinner. Go go buy. So let me say something though before I forget it. This burns me more than anything. Is I said the 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 name of the restaurant is the Blue Bell Restaurant in McConnellsville, Ohio. I said Blue Bird. Blue Blue Bell. It's Blue Bell. So that was my bad. So that is a official correction. You also said repercussion and crawdad. Which are both wrong. It's repercussions and crawfish. No. Crayfish? Let's uh, hold on. We'll come back to this. <laughs> we'll come back to this. So the restaurant, holy cow, for real. If you're in McConnellsville, if you were within an hour and a half of McConnellsville, I'd drive there to eat breakfast. Really? Yeah. It's fantastic breakfast. Great <laughs> atmosphere. And everybody in that restaurant wanted to talk to Claude Maxwell. Really? I mean, nobody, nobody knew who... I mean, I was just sitting there. I was just a dude sitting there. Everybody wanted to talk to Claude. Everybody that walked by was trying to get his attention. Just like he's that kind of guy. Awesome. He really is. That's great. And yeah. uh, it, he, 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 so anyway, I, what deepest I, apologies to I mean, to that's Adrian. honorable. That's honorable. It's an honorable life. And that's when I realized that we probably weren't the most, uh, popular crew for bringing this all back up on the national stage rubbing a little salt in it well i mean for real it's it's been gone for 30 years so that you know like i said it just yeah, i bringing it back to like the fact that like we are not uh we're not uh putting our stamp of approval on poaching what is so interesting is the redemption the choices that he made after and i think that like one of the pieces of evidence for his change is his willingness to go on record and talk to you and be like, Hey, I was wrong, but here's my life now. Yeah. And I think that's such a privilege. I don't want to lose sight of the fact that it was a privilege to get to tell this story and a privilege that he chose to give you time and to, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm very thankful for that. Yeah. You know, whenever I look at pictures of my kids from the past year or even just a few months ago, I'm so amazed at how fast they're growing up, and then it hits me hard. I'm getting older, too. That's why planning for my family's financial security has become a top priority. Making sure we're prepared and having enough life insurance in case something unexpected happens and I'm out of the picture is crucial. And Fabric by Gerber Life makes it simple to get the protection that's right for your family. Fabric by Gerber Life was designed by parents and for parents to help you get a high-quality, surprisingly affordable, 
term life insurance policy less than 10 minutes. You could go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. There's no risk to apply. They have a 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can cancel at any time. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash bear. That's M-E-E-T fabric.com slash bear. Meetfabric.com slash bear. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. Whitetail Institute launched the food plot revolution in 1988 with a concentration on research and real-world testing of forage products specifically for whitetail deer. Whitetail Institute's research and development team of agronomy experts provide effective, personalized service. I've been using Imperial Whitetail Clover for a long time in a food plot back behind my house. In 2007, I killed the biggest buck of my life over an Imperial Whitetail Clover small quarter-acre food plot. Imperial Whitetail Clover is the only clover scientifically developed through years of selective breeding. Clover Extreme Genetic Stability provides extreme cold tolerance, disease, and drought tolerance. It really does. Clover is coated with Whitetail Institute's Rain Bond, a polymer coating added for enhanced seedling survivability. They have an exclusive offer for Bear Grease listeners, 15% off Imperial Clover when you use the code BEAR at whitetailinstitute.com. That's whitetailinstitute.com and use code BEAR for 15% off. Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? Give the moms in your life an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. She'll love looking back on these memories and seeing what you're up to today. Even better, with unlimited storage and an easy-to-use app, you can keep updating mom's frame with new photos, so it's the gift that keeps on giving. And this is not a joke. Juju Nukem has an Aura frame, and we share photos, and they're incredible. Also, my mother-in-law has one. We have them. They truly are really good, really high quality. The Aura frame is easy to set up. It takes just two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. It also adjusts the display depending on light levels in the room to maintain the true color of your photos. For real, the digital screen is amazing. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame when you use code BEAR, B-E-A-R, BEAR. That's AuraFrames.com. Use code BEAR at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. What would you think, Dad? Well, y'all have done a nice job covering it. Uh, I I would just say that he was the exact same guy when he was doing this. R.T. saw that. He was a good Mm -hmm. guy. Yes. He he just was uh, got involved with peer pressure. Yep. And felt like it wasn't that big of a deal. You know, even though really he knew it was a big deal, I feel like. I mean, you know, you just know, you you know, it's breaking the law. But he had all the inner workings and hidden mechanisms to be successful in this life. And he took a little detour, and the detour brought him back probably to his destiny he was going to have anyway and made him probably better, you know, is what I thought. Yeah. But, uh, 
uh, RT saw it. He, he was a quality guy. You know, he had, he had a lot of stuff going for him. Yeah. Um, it makes you wonder when RT talks about having that urge to call him and tell him that the raid was happening, what would have been the trajectory of his life if he had yeah. warned him or something I of that nature. I thought about that too. Yeah. Yeah. If he yeah. would have eventually had that break or if this was the thing that he needed to, all right, let's get the uh, ship headed in the right direction now. Yeah. I don't know. You know, it's not, things like this aren't clear. Like, I, I agree with what Dad said. And if there's one thing that that I could do, not different, but if you were just telling a more complex story. Yeah, I don't think target number two back in 1994 was necessarily a bad guy. Like, it wasn't, like, he had, he, he, I think you, you talk to him and it'd be the same Claude I talked to, just a little detour. And, you know, like he said, he, he didn't view himself as a bad person. I mean, he wasn't. So, so what would have happened if this would have been prolonged for a period of time? Like, maybe, probably would have grown out of it. Probably he would have. Yeah. There would have been pressures that would have come around his life where he's like, okay, I'm going to have to do stuff different. Yeah. This was just a hard smack. And, you know, you, you got to be careful how you say this stuff because, you know, I'm playing both sides of the fence. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm, I'm promoting law enforcement and RT and, and, uh, and, and what the Ohio DNR did. Or, you know, I'm telling their story like, hey, this is, this is good stuff. But now I'm also interested in Claude's story. And I, I, and this, honestly, I, I feel loyalty to both of them. Yeah, and and um, so it's a tricky. It felt tricky on the inside of me, being loyal to both sides of this story. Mm. Duplicitous. And, well, maybe not, but uh, but it, it was it, it was probably one of the most interesting situations I've been in since I've been doing this here podcast. You shouldn't feel you shouldn't feel torn one way or the other because it's. It worked out like it's supposed to. Yeah, yeah. you, you there, did a there, great job. With there it. was. I mean, um, it's the people that I'm most concerned about. Well, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. You know, somebody was doing wrong. The law went in. They took care of it. The guy paid his debt. That's it's over with. Yeah. Unless he. It unless was. They, it unless was. they make a podcast about you thirty years. Yeah, later. it was <laughs> over with. Yeah. Yeah, it was over with. That's the part I feel bad about. Yeah. It, it could. It no could fault. work out for him better though. I mean. Uh. It's a, it's a flip a coin. It could something good could come from this. Yeah. Well, and that's what I that's what I hope the I for sure. What what's Barry the name Grease of the town? Universe happens. What's the name of the town? McConnellsville. McConnellsville. I I smell a target number two coffee shop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> McConnellsville is a great town. Oh yeah. McConnellsville is a great town. It's right on this big river. What do you big think? Big fishing community. What do you think the contention of Bear Grease listeners within an hour and a half of mcconnellsville is how uh, many i have no idea are, are uh, you thinking 172 thousand <laughs> there is a, there's one bingles fan we know that listens to <laughs> that's, right, that's right. incredible ohio. yeah uh i like ohio though can we get all of them to go there not ask for claude not be weird about it just buy some stuff from his and store leave big tips yeah big yeah. tips yeah yeah they're they're sharp family man and and uh and the what was the was there a rooftop place? Yeah, there's a pizza place. Real nice. 
I called the pizza place one yep. day to uh, – I was actually trying to get a hold of uh, – it was before I had had an official introduction to Claude. And uh, it was the best – like uh, voicemail, it was like after hours or something. It was before they opened during the day, and it was like super polished and professional. My mouth was watering by the time I got done. <laughs> like it, it was like giving you yeah. the menu. It was like, thanks for calling Maxwell's Pizza. Da 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 da. da. Try our cheese sticks. Da, da, da. I mean, it sounded like a okay. major national franchise. Absolutely. And I was like, you forgot why you were calling. You were like, I'll, I'd I'll, like, I'll take a. Did y'all deliver to North large- <laughs> But it was, it was good. Dad, what were you going to say? Uh, uh, he survived for a lot of reasons. One thing, he's smart. Smart guy. But he had two good families. Yeah, two yeah. really good families. And, I mean, that tells you a lot about him. He's got two good families. And he had a wonderful wife. I mean, his wife was unbelievable. I mean, she saw the whole thing. Yeah. And because of that. Here's our resident expert our right resident. here, <laughs> Misty. Mm-hmm. Because I'm I mean, really, Judy, <laughs> I, I'm, I just marvel almost daily as I get older and wiser of how Judy is right so yeah. many times. And mm-hmm. she can move me and direct me and, you know, get me pointed in the right direction. And uh, What did you do that was so bad? <laughs> well... It, it's a writing story. a book. <laughs> it's, it's, it's every day. It's every day is what I'm talking about. It's a three-part podcast for another time. <laughs> it's every day. I mean, you know. Wouldn't it uh, be awesome if Dad was like a criminal and we could do a podcast series that about would be him? Great. Do you mind committing was, some crimes? What if the, what if the <laughs> twist is intriguing. Brent you is actually undercover. undercover. He's only to get Gary. He's only become friends oh, with you to I'm get Gary. I'm target number two. He's target oh, number no. one. <laughs> hey, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm but, sorry. But to finish it off, I mean, uh, I want to hear what uh, a wife and a mother th- thought about this yeah. deal. Misty, what do you think? Okay. Oh wow, she's got notes. I, I I don't have notes. I have. A, I wanted to make sure I quoted it right. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who've been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet, so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. And I think that discipline, punishment, consequences. Can either cripple a person. I'm, I'm applauding. Y'all are supposed to applaud. That was a mic drop. That was a mic drop statement. It it can either you know completely destabilize and destroy was that a person. Uh, I think that's uh, I think that's a New Testament. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> um, can either destabilize and destroy someone, or can cause them to become more stable, to become stronger, can be. Can be trained. You can be trained by it, and yeah. I think there's kind of two pieces here. He was trained by discipline, but you saw how it like nearly ruined his life. I mean, the way he talked about the depths of oh. despair that he went into, and yeah. I don't think you even covered that as as yeah. much as as your conversation would have led on. But so there is something in him that responded to that well, and I think what Gary says is right. I think his wife really helped him. I think just from the stories, his family, you know, he was pulled forward by the things he did have left. But I think that, you know, you can have difficult circumstances, the consequences of your own actions, whatever you want to call it, can completely destroy a person. But I think it speaks to his character, and I think it speaks to the strength of the people around him that he was able to allow this to be something that changed him. 
Yeah. And I, but I do think it, it, it changed him. Yeah. Uh, also, he, uh, if he had been just average Joe poacher, it wouldn't have bothered him that much. Mm-hmm. You know, it, right. it really bothered. I mean, he, he beat on himself so hard. Mm-hmm. But he was smart enough and had the support to yeah. pull out of it and come back like a racehorse. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he came he out of there running really wide did. open. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and that's the thing that when, when, when something negative comes on you, so many, so many people would, would fold in bitterness or, or they would have set out to try to prove to the man that they didn't have to stand under his authority. I mean, really, a lot of guys that get caught end up getting embittered and they spend the rest of their life trying to yeah. just like in and out of trouble. Or don't even care. Just yeah. go, holy cow. All right. So I got caught and just keep doing whatever you're yeah. doing. Yeah. Yeah. He, it really bothered him, which tells you what we've said. He was a quality guy. Yeah. Yeah. Quality. He was. Guy. And and that brings me back. I actually now remember what I was saying <laughs> when I was saying I'm playing both sides of the fence. Mm. About Ten minutes ago, I was talking about that. Is that <laughs> is that McConnellsville folks? Not Cla- Claude didn't tell me this. It's just what I felt when I was there. They all felt like they came down real heavy handed on these guys, trying to make a statement to the world, make mm-hmm. an example out of them, which we know all know is is true, and that happens. I, well, that's effectively what you were talking about with your caribou and wolf analogy right like yeah. it may seem harsh in in the moment but and it's unfortunate for this population right. or that single right. caribou but i don't know if i don't know if i'd use the word necessary but it does send a message to yeah poachers in general and, it, and it's and and it's and and this is where you have to be careful because it's it's not like you're being you know somebody could say well you're being soft on poachers if you feel sorry for these guys that were breaking the law that did get caught and the and the heavy hand of the law came down on them, and you might say, "Well, they were guilty of every bit of it." Well, you know what? I've hunted without Hunter's Orange before, and didn't get the ticket for it. That ain't over with. <laughs> Keep going. No, you, you, you see what I'm saying? I mean, literally, there's a guy, and I know what it feels like to have a guy undercover following you. Yes, <laughs> right he's here in right every now. single thing you do, down, and then yeah. having to give recompense for yeah. every like. It Clay. was it was heavy handed, and I'm yeah. not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying it, it's kind of a bummer for Claude, kind of a bummer for all these guys, and that's that's kind of the consensus of the community. And I think we'd be the same way if that had happened to an uh, by us. I mean, just somebody in Louis our Dale community. And Charlie. Well, it's well, it's. I mean, going <laughs> back to story. restorative justice versus punitive justice, it's like the thing that is compelling about restorative justice is it makes our community better. The thing that's problematic about punitive justice is that we often want punitive justice for other people, but we want restorative justice for ourselves because we can we know the story and we can tell a different story of why it was okay that we did it or apologize for it. It's like we want justice, quote unquote justice for them, but we want grace for ourselves. Yeah. And that's why it's important to have a system that trends towards restorative justice. And that's why we like stories like this where it's like yeah. it worked. Yeah. And, and I'm not sure that honestly what I I don't know if what you're saying is actually I don't know that our justice system is designed or that people want it to be. 
and you're using the word restorative, I think in the in justice literature, it'd be more rehabilitative. You know, like when you're looking at drugs, there's a big conversation of, are we trying to rehabilitate these guys? Or are we trying to punish them for the crime they did? And that's a, a big, huge question that people are trying to, to figure out. And I think that that, you know, I don't know that it's like determined, oh, we want to rehabilitate criminals. I think, you know, we have the death row, we have life sentences, and those are not rehabilitative in nature. So I'm not sure that is a decision that's been made by the American public, or I think that's just a conversation that keeps happening. But I think that that's the point. Like, I don't think it's like a, a done and everybody agrees we need to be rehabilitating criminals. I'm, I'm, I think it's right. a converse, a national conversation that is unresolved. And, and, you know, we're probably giving way too much credit to the punitive action in this specific mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I, and to Dad's point, I don't think it was you know, all that happened to him that turned Claude into who he no, was. It was. Claude right. was who yeah. he was. It was a wake-up call. It was just, yeah. Because you could, because there's it, probably guys on that same team who had similar consequences who did not change by it. That's that's kind of what I'm trying to say is right. I think that there's something in, you have a choice about how you respond right. even to those kinds of things. That's why I love Claude Maxwell. Exactly. Because he responded correctly to getting smacked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, not for anybody else's sake, but for his own. I mean, right. he 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 just he just he just went forward and has done well. And, and, right and him doing well to me, I said it on the podcast, but I'll say it again. It's not doesn't have anything to do with business success, but like he was an, an intact man. He's been married for however long. I mean, decades, decades, decades. And you know a lot about somebody when you meet their grown children. Yeah, and yeah. watch them interact. And I'm, I true. mean, for real, like. Just attack yeah. people. Hey, one of my favorite parts of the whole thing was the story about the little boy thinking everybody was having a party and him trying to show him how to get the, the crotch. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh, I thought that was good. Yeah, he was, was pumped good. about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and he uh he's like his dad too. I mean, he's a pretty sharp cat. He said, Dad, you need to do this. Oh and I think he was right. I th- I think this is gonna help him. Some way, I think something good will come from this. Um, so. I, re- I re- deeply hope so. I, yeah, Claude. Claude would be welcome on the Bear Grylls render anytime. Or Cass, his son, any of them. Now you know Cass is super sharp. I, the other thing that I didn't do real well is the bowling alley and the restaurant are actually Cass's. Oh, really? Yeah, and I. Boy, we just had such a short production window for this one because I just went there and then just yeah. turned around and did it, and uh, and and it, it, I just wasn't able to clarify some of that stuff. But 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 I should have done a better job at that. But fantastic series. I think it was it was uh, it was it was real. Like that's what was kind of unique about it is that this wasn't a fabricated story, real story. All the stories are real, but it it kind of happened happened in a way that surprised me even. So, bear grease, baby. I like it. Any foreshadowing of what's coming up? Woo! Yeah. Hold on. You'll see this right here. Yes. This was made by a famous Arkansas duck call maker. Brent, do you know the name of that? Do you know that name? I'm trying to read it. I can't. Jim Stinson. In Clarendon? Yeah. Hey, let's hear a duck call. That's a beautiful duck call, Why don't by you the blow way. on it, Brandon? Let's hear a duck call. 
That's pretty. Excellent. Look out. Awesome. Here they come. <laughs> that is the only foreshadow you get. <laughs> that is the only foreshadow you get. Man, hey, Merry Christmas to everybody. Merry Christmas. Merry Thank Christmas. you. And to Christmas. all a good night. Thanks for listening. We didn't sing. I think that that'll be okay. <laughs> everybody everybody pick your everybody pick your own song and start on the count of three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well Luke and I hope everybody Christmas has song. a great a great Christmas. I hope all of you have a great Christmas that are here in the room. And uh I think the next Burger Render will be after the first of the year, twenty twenty three. Wow. Time Man. just marches on. I think John Anderson has a song about that. Years? Nope. nope. Tracy. Tracy Lawrence. Lawrence, yeah. Sing it, Brent. I don't. I can only sing the John Anderson version. Come on. I don't know it. All right. All right. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. And a Happy New Year. And a Happy New Year. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in our horse on the sleigh. Hey, you're yelling. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle This show is sponsored in part by BetterHelp. Around New Year's, we get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we've already done right. Maybe you finally organized one part of your space and you want to tackle another. Or maybe you're taking your supplements every morning and now you actually want to eat breakfast. In the last year, I've been more diligent about going to the gym on a regimented schedule. And it's made a lot of difference in my life. Therapy helps you find your strengths so that you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick. Therapy is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Grease today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash Grease. Maui Nui is on a mission to help balance axis deer populations for the good of our environment, communities, and food systems on the island of Maui. They've shared over 126,000 pounds of nutrient-dense protein with the Maui community. Secure your spot now. Become a snack subscriber and join in helping to build more resilient food and ecosystems on Maui. Visit MauiNuiVenison.com. That's M-A-U-I-N-U-I-Venison.com. And use promo code BEAR for 20% off your first order.